invite y'all to have a seat as we continue in an attitude of worship, as I invite uh, our digital minister, uh, Sister Brandy, up for our pastoral prayer this morning. Um, she is many times behind the scenes, uh, behind the computer, uh, running things at Springfield and at St. Paul's and uh, at the Pumpkin Patch, but it's so nice to have her up here every once in a while because she is such a powerful prayer. And so I'm going to invite her up for our pastoral prayer this morning. <laughs> my sisters, my sisters, I, I am blessed to be able to bring a request to God because uh, we remember in Philippians 4 and 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And that's what we do, as Pastor Emily said earlier, our prayer ministry is growing and it's very important that we take our request to God. Because knowing that somebody is praying for you is just a precious gift as if you got a million dollars. Because they're standing in the gap for you, taking your request to the Almighty. And the Almighty acts in faith, just like you'll hear in the message about Flying Bartimaeus. His faith went into action because he believed. So our faith goes into action when we believe that God hears and answers prayer. So let us go to the throne this morning. Eternal God, here we are, your children. We are so glad that we can come to you with a handful of prayer requests. That we can place them on the altar and you won't sweep them off. You'll take them in your gentle and loving hands and, and see that we are in need of you. We are thankful, God, this morning that you hear every prayer. The prayer of the saint just as well as the prayer of the sinner. And that you make our requests be known to you and you answer according to your will. So, God, as we are bowing our hearts and our minds and our needs in faith, we ask that you bless and keep Pastor Trey and his family in your loving care as he laid his grandmother to rest last week. We pray to God that the comfort that you offered in your word will be found amongst the family. Grant traveling grace to pray as he goes to and from his destination. We pray, God, that you will reach into Mike Hodgson's body and bring about a complete healing to him, God. He, your servant, has done great things for you. Now it's your turn to do great things for him. And I pray, and we all stand in agreement, that you will heal his body. So he can keep on doing your will and your work in the kingdom. Scott Catch, I ask that we bring his friend Jason White to your throne to be healed. Lord, he has severe infection in his body to the point that his leg had to be amputated. So God, we place him on the altar. Pray that you'll pick him up and place him in your hem of your garment so you can heal him as well. Melissa Barrazas has asked that we bring her friends. Stephanie and Brian, as their son was involved in the car wreck and broke his neck. They don't expect him to make it, God, but we remember that you rose people from the dead. We remember that you stopped a funeral possession, touched the coffin, and the boy got up. So we know that you can do this for this child. His neck may be broken in the physical, but you got him in your hands, God, so touch him. We ask that you be with Miss Wilberta Hood this morning, God, and be by her bedside as she goes through her various trials and tribulations. 
We ask favor to be poured upon Ron Bradley as he is getting ready to start his candidacy into ministry in January. Lord, he has heard the call that you have placed upon him. We pray that you will equip him with the tools, the education that he needs to be able to stand behind your sacred desk and proclaim your mighty word to your people. And we also remember the three families that came to us yesterday during the Hobbitville Festival. They came to our prayer booth and they asked us to bring them to you. Remember them, God. They come from near and far, as far as noonday in Frankston, needing your love, needing your grace, needing your mercy. We pray that you will supply their every need and fulfill their desire according to the riches you have in glory. God, we remember and ask that you place your hand of love and healing upon Linda Lippitt right now. That's Kelly Tenley's mom. She's in the hospital with pneumonia right now, God. You helped her get through cancer, now help her get through this. God, nothing's too hard to, for you. This is a, but a walking apart for you. So God, touch the name of Jesus and let her be healed from the pneumonia and pray that strength be given to Kelly that she can provide the care that she needs to give to her mom. Beth Corson is asking that we pray for the family of her 19-month-old cousin, Madeline Lynn Mills, as you have called her home to be with you. She passed away, God. Our hearts are heavy, but at the same time, we rejoice because now that loving child is in your loving arms right now. We pray that the family will find the comfort that you promised in your word. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And she also asked that Brian, her fiancé, is granted traveling grace, and he is finally coming home from overseas. And then we ask that uh, Elaine or Ellen Hefner, John's brother's wife, be healed from a stroke and aneurysm. God, we pray that you will touch her body and bring complete healing. So much sickness in the world, God. But we believe for you to work it out. You'll make a way out of no way. And then, God, we ask that you place your hand of mercy upon Dorothy, who is still recovering from COVID. And then we ask that Sandra will be healed from the mass of, on her liver. And finally, Lord, your servant, I ask you to place strength upon my voice. For in the past 48 hours, I have preached, I have prayed, I have sung, I have shouted glory to your name in worship. But it's all worth it. It's all worth it. If I lose my voice, I haven't lost my faith. So I ask you, God, to strengthen me as I continue to do your work. And all of us in this church, we ask your strength to keep on doing your work, whether it's through pumpkin patch, whether it's through outreach ministry, whether it's through evangelism in the street. Equip us, God, and let us be about your business. And then when it comes a time in our lives, Father, when we just don't have any words, Help us to remember what your son, our Savior, our loving Savior, taught us to pray. He said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you.
take a minute to invite the children up for our time of children's worship this morning. Um, if we have any, do we have any kids in the crowd today? Sister Brandy will be one. Child at heart. Yes. Come on up. Yes. Some of my youth can come up too if you want. Um, it doesn't have to be just children. It can be kids and youth. Um, one of the things that I love about this new model that we have where we've changed service times to allow uh, children to be in worship with their families. I love the noise of children in worship. It's one of my favorite noises. Uh, it means that we're growing, right? It means that the church is learning and growing and creating new disciples. So um, let's go to our children's time. Okay. Hi, Pastor. Hi, Brandy. <laughs> Hi, Ruthie. All right. So this week, um, we are learning about blind Bartimaeus. Do you know about blind Bartimaeus already? No? You want to tell us about blind Bartimaeus, Sister Brandy? Is he that one that couldn't see? He's that one that couldn't <laughs> see. He's that one that went to Jesus. Um, he couldn't see with his eyes, but he could see with his heart, right? Kind of like he knew, yes, he knew um, to keep his eyes focused on Jesus, his spiritual eyes focused on Jesus, um, so that he could stay and true to the most important thing, right? Um, and so he recognized Jesus as Lord even before he could see Jesus. Um, he recognizes how important Jesus is and asks for a miracle from Jesus to be healed and to regain his sight. Um, and so one of the things that I wanted to ask you guys, this is our little pop quiz, is what are some things um, that we can do to stay focused on Jesus? What can we do to make sure that we're keeping Jesus the priority in our life and making God the most important thing? Pray, about, pray to him every uh, day. Yeah, pray to him every day. What else can we do? Well, she stole my answer, so oh. I'll, I'll pick another one. Uh -huh. uh, I say read Bible. Yeah, read scripture. What else can we do? Anything else? What about my youth here on the front row? What are some things that we can do? I know I'm calling them out. I, I know. I know y'all have good answers. What are some things we can do to make sure that we're staying focused on Jesus and keeping Jesus the priority in our life? I know. They didn't know they were going to get called out. It was a pop quiz in church today. <laughs> well, you're doing one of them, right? You're in church today. This is an important one to keep focused. Ooh, ooh, yeah, ooh, ooh. what else? Sing songs and sing praises to him, right? Yeah, right. sing praises to God. Yeah. Those are all ways that we can stay closer to God. So um, the other thing that I wanted to ask you is, because we love God, because we have made Jesus Lord of our lives, how do we act differently? What can we do to show God that we love him by acting differently? What are some things that we can physically do? Yeah. We could help... Uh, those in need. We can help those in need. Yeah, what else? Sharing love, just giving a hug, huh? Yeah, sharing love, giving a hug. What else? I know all of the, including my youth right here that I called out for a pop quiz, and all of y'all have been at work in the pumpkin patch this month. Oh, um, yeah. All of y'all have given of your time and your energy, and we do that not just because we love pumpkins, right? Although pumpkins are pretty cool. They are cool. Um, we do that because we want to serve others, right? Yeah. And we want to serve others because we want to serve God, because we love God, we right? Do, we do, we do. All right, so we are going to go to the Lord in prayer as we keep that our focus in our minds today. Um, so would you pray after me? All right. Dear God, Dear God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us. 
Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for caring for us. Help us always to remember. Help us always to remember. To fix our eyes on you. To fix our eyes on you. And to keep you the most important thing in our life. Help us to love you. Help us to love you. Help us to serve you. Help us to serve you. Help us to love others. Help us to love others. Help us to serve others. Help us to serve others. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys. Y'all can go have a seat. Amen. Our scripture today is from Mark chapter 10. Uh, I got to join you two weeks ago uh, for Mark chapter 10. Uh, Pastor Trey preached a little bit earlier in the chapter about the rich young ruler. Uh, now we are going over to verse 46 to learn about, like we said, blind Bartimaeus. They came to Jericho. As he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, call him here. And they called the blind man saying to him, take heart, get up. He is calling you. So, throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and he came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. This is the word of God for the people of God. I love this story. Mark's gospel has so many uh, healing miracles in it, but this one is my favorite one. It's also the last one that we see before uh, Jesus gets to Jerusalem. Uh, we know that Jesus in this story is headed towards the cross, right? Um, this is one of the very detailed miracles that Mark gives us. Mark is all about the details, right? Um, which when he gives us details, we have to pay attention because he doesn't give us very many. But it paints such a vivid picture of this very big faith of this man named Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus just means son of Timaeus, right? Um, so picture it. Bartimaeus sitting on the side of the road, wrapped in his special cloak. This cloak was uh, signified that he was allowed to be begging there, right? This cloak is his protection from the elements. This cloak is uh, probably draped in such a way so as to collect the coins that he is collecting that day um, in his lap, the donations that he's receiving. But when he hears that Jesus of Nazareth is the one that is passing by, he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, this is not something that's done, right? This is not the normal protocol. You don't yell at the traveling rabbi. But Bartimaeus does, because Bartimaeus has faith, right? He cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And when others try to shush him, he shouts even louder, because he knows. Jesus, son of David. Son of David. Now, that's an important part of this scripture, too. The fact that he calls Jesus son of David is recognition that Jesus is of the house and lineage of King David, 
right? This is where the Messiah was going to come from. Bartimaeus is recognizing Jesus as this long-awaited and hoped-for Messiah. He recognizes Jesus as the Messiah King here by calling him Son of David. And so when Jesus says, call him here and invites him forward, I, I picture this almost comical scene in my head of, of Bartimaeus getting up and it says, scripture says he springs up, right? So I picture the cloak flying open and the coins going everywhere and, and the cloak being laid aside. Now that's an important thing, right? Because how many of you wear glasses and you cannot find anything without your glasses, right? This is Bartimaeus, okay? He has thrown this aside. He is not going to find that cloak again, right? Not without help. But he's leaving that cloak that designated him as a beggar aside. And he is running towards Jesus. Have you ever pictured someone who is blind running through a crowd towards Jesus. I picture this almost comical pinball machine effect as he's trying to get through the people towards Jesus, right? But he comes to Jesus and he declares with this bold faith, with this certainty, because he knows that Jesus has something better for him. He knows that Jesus has the power to heal him as he leaves behind his old cloak and runs to Jesus. He fixes his eyes on Jesus. He knows that Jesus can perform this miracle. And so from this deep-rooted faith, this deep-rooted belief, he presents his request to Jesus that he wants to see again. And Jesus grants it. Not only does he grant it, he says, go because your faith has made you well. The faith of Bartimaeus. So often, uh, we as the Christian church become more like the crowd than like Bartimaeus, right? We, we have to follow the right protocol. We have to do the right things. We have to shush the people who are not, you know, worshiping right or doing it right how we, how we think it's supposed to be, right? Or we're supposed to, you know, have the coins that are redistributed to the poor, right? But what God actually calls us to be like is like Bartimaeus. Right? To have the faith to throw everything aside, to leave behind all that we know, to go and follow Christ. To seek after Christ with absolutely everything we have. So unlike the rich young ruler that we heard about two weeks ago, who had everything, Bartimaeus had nothing. And unlike the rich young ruler who had trouble walking away from his possessions, Bartimaeus walked away from everything to follow Jesus. He gave it all up and received so much more from Christ. He knew that what he was headed towards was greater than where he was. What a faith. I want a faith like that, right? Where I can throw off my worldly possessions, where I can throw off the things that hinder me from seeking God with my whole heart where I can seek God with everything that I am, where I run towards Jesus knowing that what Jesus has is better for me than anything that the world has to offer. Let us have the sight of Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus knew. He saw more than that crowd did even before he was healed of his blindness. He knew that Jesus was the Messiah and he knew 
that that is what he should seek after and run after. So what are we holding on to? What are we holding back from God? What's keeping us from truly following God with our whole heart? Is it our possessions? Is it our time? For some of us, time is the most valuable resource we have. Is it just our energy and our apathy? Is it our level of commitment? What is it that we need to rededicate to God today? What is it that we can do to seek after and run after God, no matter how comical we think it might look, with our whole selves? There is a commitment ceremony in the Wesleyan tradition in the United Methodist Church. And I wanted to take y'all through it this morning together as a congregation. Now, this is something that uh, responsive reading is a thing that we do during first service. It's very liturgical. Um, so I wanted to walk through just a little bit of what we will do is I will read one portion that says leader up on the screen. And then I'm going to invite you to respond if you feel so led and read the part of the people. But before you do, I want to invite you to not read if you don't feel it if you don't actually believe it, right? Um, because in this, I'm going to read a few of the things that I'm going to ask of you um, this morning as we recommit together as a congregation, as an individual, um, our lives to Christ. So firstly, this covenant asks for you to set apart some time more than once to be spent alone before the Lord. Find your quiet time, right? In seeking earnestly God's special assistance, and gracious acceptance of you in carefully thinking through all of the conditions of the covenant and searching your hearts, whether you have already freely given your life to Christ, consider what your sins are. Consider the laws of Christ, how holy strict they are. And whether you, after having carefully considered them, are willing to choose them all, be sure you are clear in these matters and see that you do not lie to God. Right? If you don't mean it, it is okay to stay silent this morning. But I hope that you will, and I hope that you will recommit this morning. Um, the second thing it asks of you is to be serious and in a spirit of holy awe and reverence. The third thing this asks of you is to claim God's covenant, to rely upon God's promise of giving grace and strength so that you can keep your promise. Trust not in your own strength and power. You don't have to do this on your own. You can do this with the help of God. Fourthly, it asks you to uh, resolve to be faithful. You have given the Lord your hearts. You have opened your mouths to the Lord. You have dedicated yourself to God. So with God's power, never go back, right? Go forward, not backwards. Don't go and try to find the old cloak of begging. Go forward into your new life with God. And last, uh, be prepared to renew your covenant with the Lord. Fall down on your knees, lift your hands towards heaven, and open your hearts to the Lord. So if this is something that you feel called to do, I'm going to invite you now, wherever you are, whether you hear, are here present with us or if you are watching online, to get into a posture of prayer, whether that is sitting for you, whether that is on your knees, whether that is standing with your arms raised. Um, I'm going to invite you to do that now as we go before the Lord to recommit ourselves to Christ. You will see the responses on the screen. Commit yourselves to Christ as his servants. Give yourselves to him that you may belong to him. Christ has many services to be done. Some are more easy and honorable. Others are more difficult and disgraceful. 
Some are suitable to our inclinations and interests and others are contrary to both. In some, we may please Christ and please ourselves, but then there are other works where we cannot please Christ except by denying ourselves. It is necessary, therefore, that we consider what it means to be a servant of Christ. Let us, therefore, go to Christ and pray. Be satisfied that Christ shall give you your place and work. Christ will be the Savior of none but his servants. He is the source of all salvation to those who obey. Christ will have no servants except by consent. Christ will not accept anything except full consent to all that he requires. Christ will be all in all, or he will be nothing. Confirm this by a holy covenant. To make this covenant a reality in your life, listen to these admonitions. First, Set apart some time, more than once, to be spent alone before the Lord, in seeking earnestly God's special assistance and gracious acceptance of you, in carefully thinking through all the conditions of the covenant, in searching your hearts whether you have already freely given your life to Christ. Consider what your sins are. Consider the laws of Christ, how holy, strict, and spiritual they are, and whether you after having carefully considered them, are willing to choose them all. Be sure you are clear in these matters. See that you do not lie to God. Second, be serious and in a spirit of holy awe and reverence. Third, claim God's covenant. Rely upon God's promise of giving grace and strength so you can keep your promise. Trust not in your own strength and power. Fourth, resolve to be faithful. You have given to the Lord your hearts. You have opened your mouths to the Lord and you have dedicated yourself to God. So with God's power, never go back. And last, be prepared to renew your covenant with the Lord. Fall down on your knees, lift your hands towards heaven and open your hearts to the Lord as we pray. I'm going to invite you now to stand. God requires that you shall put away all of your idols. Through Christ, God has offered to be your God again, if you would let God.
God has given the Lord Jesus Christ as the way and means of coming to God. Christ has told you that you must suffer with him. God has given holy laws as the rule of your life. The Almighty God searches and knows your heart. covenant-making exercise for you. If this is something that you have never done before, I invite you to come and speak to one of our pastors about it. Um, before you leave today, I invite you to take a, a copy of the Wesleyan Covenant Prayer with you. Stick it in your Bible, stick it in your wallet, stick it on a mirror, somewhere that you will remember the covenant that you have renewed or made today. Let us go forward this week with renewed strength and purpose and energy to do all that God has called us to do as we fix our eyes on Jesus, as we spread the love and the light of Christ into the world. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God, may the covenants that we have made today here on earth be ratified in heaven. God, we pray that you would give us the strength, the energy, the encouragement that we need to go forward and live boldly for you as we proclaim 
your glory in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Go with God.